What does it take to become an elite 40K player? How do the top competitors overcome bad dice? The Competitive 40K Network presents Art of War Unbroken. Insight into the game plans of the top players on the planet with your hosts, Blake Law and the Art of War Coaches. Hello and welcome to Art of War Unbroken. Champions may lose, but their spirits remain unbroken. I'm your host, Blake Law. This is episode 64 of the podcast, like Nintendo 64. And we are very happy you're joining us today. They say we learn the most from our losses, and that is exactly what we're not doing today. Today, we are doing a little side episode. The team is off at WTC, so they let the kids out to play, and that's what we're doing today. We're having some fun. We're talking about some craziness. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. In part one, who knows what we're going to do, but what I'd really like to get into with my guest today is I'd like to talk about what can we do to 40K to change the state of the game to be more competitive? What can we do to take the game and make it correspond to sports? And that seems to be what a lot of the different metrics and things around the country are trying to do right now. But there's a lot of inerrant flaws in that. And we want to talk about how we could maybe change it to be more in line with the goals of what the community has. So this is part one. That's what we're going to be talking about today. We might throw some random hobby stuff in there. Me and my guests tend to go on a little bit of some tangents, but buckle in for part two, which will be free this week. So enjoy that also. And in part two, I'm actually going to be bringing on a pain expert. And in that part, we're going to be talking about how can we change the hobby track? How can we make the hobby track more competitive? How can we make painting more consistent? And we're probably going to do a lot of random paint tips in that episode, too. Who knows? I don't know what we're doing. Just buckle in, enjoy the ride, and thanks for listening. Now, my co-host today, he once disappeared for an entire event. At ATC, he wore camouflage and was invisible. He states he tried to find me, but he was nowhere to be found. He never waved, never talked to me. He just um, was non-existent for an entire event. And I, of course, am talking about the champion of Space Wolves, the slayer of Jaime Paris in 2021, Mr. Hunter Nichols. <laughs> what, what an introduction. What an introduction. Like, uh, like they say in Monsters, Inc., I'm always watching, baby. I'm always there. You know what's really weird about you mentioning Monsters, Inc.? I hadn't what watched you- that movie since I was a child. And I have a a 15-month-old, and so I literally just turned it on yesterday, and I got, like, so invested in that movie. It's so good. Like, Monsters, Inc. is is a fantastic movie. I didn't even remember the plot. And if you haven't haven't watched it since you were a child, go check it out because, man, it really holds up. That's a great movie. Hunter, why were you impossible to find at ATC? I kept looking at you all the time. You, You made eye contact. Yeah, flipped the booger at me and turned your head. You were uh, you definitely uh, big time with me, as we call it. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. You know, maybe sometimes I just when I see people, I just ignore them in my mind. I just blacked you out. I think it might have I might have been mind wiped at one point. You know, to forget certain faces. But see uh, what happened? Like, is you, you got in such a competitive mindset that you were so hyper focused. I was hyper focused. I uh, you, you you were tunnel vision. Yeah, that's probably it. Actually, that's probably where we were. I was just really really into the game really into my team i was and i'd, I'd abandoned you because we were originally going to be on the same atc team so since i abandoned you maybe some guilt maybe my guilt like like my brain but who knows oh now we're in the psycho now we're into the psychiatry we're getting into it, it. Uh, you were uh guilt shame you were shamed so i want to get into this we had recently there was a poll that was released that was like they asked a bunch of competitive players and they said hey um, i want you to make a top 20 list not 25 top 20 list 
And I want you to rank who you think the top 20 current players are. Really, no no guidelines, really. It's just like, who is the best players right now in 40K? Uh, everything included. You know, all all things all things considered, who is the best 20? And so these players all submitted their 1 through 20. And then they took that. And based on the number of votes, they put, they ranked these people 1 to 20 with, I think, uh, they have number 1, Brad. And then number 2 was like Ogden. They kind of just went down from there. And, yeah. um and they listed, you know, number of top number one votes and stuff and things like that. So one, my number one question is, so this is this looks very similar to what we consider to be like the coaches poll in the sports. And mm-hmm. um, and I'd like to just take a minute to kind of step back from that because we know that in college sports, there's two different polls. Actually, there's what's called the coaches poll and what's called the AP or Associated Press poll. Yes. And I want to take a moment between me and you to just kind of explain how those work. I'll start with the coaches poll and I'll let you kind of explain the AP poll here. Mm-hmm. But the coaches poll is they get the division one teams, every division one team gets a vote and they basically send this out to the coaches of these teams and they rank their top 25. So they'll say Alabama football is number one in our books. They've won consistently. They've been there. They haven't lost a game. They've blown everybody out. And then it kind of goes down from there. And traditionally, if a team hasn't lost and they've played someone decent, they kind of maintain where they are. So it goes one, two, three, four, all the way down to 25. And every team that gets a vote is mentioned, you know, down there in the little sidebar. It'll say, oh, well, you know, Rutgers football got five votes. They're number 30. And like, you know, Arkansas football got like 25 uh, votes. They're number 26 or whatever it is, you know. So basically that's how it is. There's almost – there are never really any outliers like with the – between the coaches poll and the AP poll. It's very rare that you see Alabama number one and then in the AP poll, Alabama's number like 15. You know, that's that never happens. Like I, I don't know if I've ever seen it happen. So Hunter, why don't you tell us what the AP poll is? So the AP poll – is the Associated Press poll, and it's where they're going to get, uh, I think it's like 52 or 62 uh, sport. I think it's 62 sports writers and broadcasters. So that's the people you see on ESPN. You see people that just any articles written for Sports Center, et cetera, et cetera. And it's their polls, and it's who they think are the best. And their top, it's the same thing as the coaches' polls, but it's just a different group of people pit. They each kind of come with their own pros and cons, if you will. And, and it's kind of like you said, they're, they're similar, but they do vary. And there's reasons why they vary. They do vary a little bit. That is true. And it kind of, it's the two different perspectives. I would say the AP polls and your sports writers are going to be more like statisticals and analytics. Analytics. They're going to be looking at number crunching and blah, blah, blah. Whereas like a coach's poll is going to have your people that are just, this is what they live and breathe and do 80 hours a week. Speaking as a former college coach. I was about to say that. I didn't introduce you that way. I forgot to mention, Hunter has some credentials here. He did coach college football, so he has some background in this. I was even a head coach for a semi-pro team in Europe for a little bit. Were you really? Oh, yeah, the Czech Republic. Tell me a little bit about that, actually. I didn't know that. I want to know. Give me me a little info on that. Oh, uh, just in the coaching career. I see. I was a college coach for about seven years, and then one day I got offered a job to go be the the, the head man for a semi pro team in Europe, uh, and uh, did that for about a year and had a lot of success with it. Uh, what was man, the name I, of the I, team? The Prague Lions. The Prague. Um, they actually just won be like the Super Bowl, but they called the Czech Bowl uh, this year. Actually, so good job, Lions. I'm really proud of y'all. Well, yeah, sorry. I was that, that's random. I didn't know that's awesome, man. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm look, I'm full of knowledge and tidbits of experience. Yeah. So <laughs> experience, which one do you feel like kind of 
more encapsulates or has more respect, I guess, within the college football world? I would say the coaches poll gets way more like uh, uh, favoritism, if you will, from like fellow coaches. Yeah. Like now, anytime you see the AP, the AP poll reaches more people because it's the Associated Press. It's the, you know what I mean? It's the, they're going to, the ESPN is going to kind of push their stuff. Forward. Right. That makes sense. Um, but the like I said, the AP just looks at numbers and statistics, whereas the coaches are like looking at film and living and breathing it every day. So that that's kind of the difference is you know, those coaches can look at a team and go like, Hey look, I, I know that team on paper may not look as good, but that is a good team. And that's where like some of the uh, differences come in. You know what's interesting? Another thing I want to bring up. So if you take a step backwards, so we pull back from all this, and we talk mm-hmm. about the coaches and the AP poll again, and we switch it to college basketball, mm-hmm. you can take a, you can look at that. And there's something within college basketball called the net score, which mm-hmm. basically looks at what a team has done statistically. It's almost exclusively statistics, and it looks at you know who you play, strength of schedule, and all that jazz, basically. And it'll rank teams like 1 to 100. And so they have a net score on top of their rating. So you can have like a net of like you know 42, and you could be ranked in the top 25 on both the coaches and the AP poll. And when you look at that within the scope of 40K, the net score is kind of the ITC score in, in all regards because it, it looks at what you have actually physically done as opposed to, uh-huh. you know, clout. And I think that's yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, that, and that's where, you know, this polls is like at the end of the day, it's like, how do we find who is the best? And so what's your criteria of the best? You so, know, and how do you measure success? So in my opinion, when we look at this, I think that the best way for us to measure this is to use all three, or at least try to use all three within uh-huh. 40K. So we already have what I would consider the net score or the RPI, um, whichever way you want to look at it. And that's the uh-huh. ITC. And the ITC is just looking at raw statistical data, what you've done, who you've played, yada, 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 all that. Uh-huh. And we have kind of, in a way, developed what would be considered the coaches poll which would be what the people have done in Canada with this new this new poll they put out. There's a lot of hate out there, by the way. And I think I'm going to get fired. There's a lot of fire about it because they're just like, it's a popularity contest. But in all regards, yeah, popularity contest is kind of what a lot of sports polls are based on. But that being said, they, they're, they're, they're checked within, within themselves because of the other polls that exist, I think. So how do we yeah. – let's take a look at how, how can we take – the current poll that they have and make it more in line with the coaches poll and make it more reliable. Yeah. So I guess that would be the, man, like it's the, if you do the eight, if you're trying to say like, what's the AP poll, that's going to be like your statistics and your sports writers. So our statisticians right. so would be the coaches poll is the thing. So I think they did like a read. And again, I'm kind of trying to re, I don't want a direct quote, you know, I don't want any direct quote or anything, but I know they had like a regional where they picked some people from throughout the region. And, and again, like, you know, that thing was a spicy topic, but I like that they're trying something new yeah. and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're it, that was the first wave of it, if you will. Um, it, it, you can definitely see a little bit of a regional, uh, basis, if you will. Yeah. But, you know, that's not hating on it, but, uh, it's the, who qualifies to make the, uh, the decisions for or, or for the poll who what makes you be a coach if you will for the coaches poll so in college you have to, it's uh from there's a cut from every conference that gets a say and some of the high, like it's and some of the bigger name like bigger conferences have more say that makes sense 
what I so, think that we should do, and this is just my opinion, is we look at we use the the ITC, which is the like we said, kind of like the net RPI, and we look at the team section there, right? And we look at who's the top fifty teams, and we mm-hmm. kind of look at the top fifty teams, where are they from, and we from there we do a geographic kind of um, like uh, layout, and we say where are these teams from. And I think you'll find you've got a pretty good mix if you go globally on that, a pretty good mix on the across the country. And uh-huh. even if some teams are more, some areas are more represented than others, I think that's probably okay. Just because you still have 50, between 50 and 100 teams would probably give you enough of a statistical variation to where you could say, hey, like we're getting a pretty even coverage globally. And you take that and you give a vote to each of these teams and you give the teams a vote in this sense. I can I can see that. What about like another? Hear me out. Is you take let's say every major because that was an American uh, ranking one, right? Yeah, the the one that just came out. If you took everyone that made top ten in a major for a year, and there's going to be some overlap. You see what I'm saying? Like some people would be two or three times. They that still just counts as one. That's why I wanted to say top ten because if you said top three, it may be like five people having a say in the country. Um, but if you say, like, let's say if you're top 10, you're invited to be on the committee of coaches, if you will, to be a, because you've top 10 to major and you have a vote. And, you know, every quarter you guys come up with a list of uh, who you think is the best players. And you kind of look at some polls and see how people are doing in the next in majors and kind of bury your list from there. I like that, actually. I like what you're doing there, because if someone top 10s a major, they're probably mm-hmm. pretty dang serious about this game. And so they yeah. want to see, you know, a reliable top 25 poll. Because if you get like the top 100 ITC teams, you're going to get teams in the in the 90s or whatever that are kind of just like, let's just push our agenda. We don't really care about anything. Here's here's 10, here's 25 players from, you know, Nebraska. You know, you're like, oh, okay, well, that just completely throws out all of our data. We just got to throw that one out. Um but I'll, I'll yeah, like I would say like the top ten players in every major. Like I said, there's going to be some overlap. They probably a lot of them know each other and have played against each other. Yeah, to so be you, honest, so they so can give kind of that honest knowledge. opinion of you know it's like uh, I mean not not to brag, I've topped in the major and I've played against a lot of the people that was in that list of the, that came out that top twenty list. And I could and I and even some people that got some votes for it, I can definitely say like, hey, some of these people you know, like should be in it. And I don't know. It's just, I feel like you can have a little bit of say, cause you've been in a lot of, you, you know, a lot of the, I hate to say the crowd that gets those top tens. I actually love that. You know, I love that should. idea a lot. I think, I think we should avoid crossover between teammates though. Cause I think you're going to get a lot of inbred uh, voting there. You know, a lot of people voting for the same people. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe you go down say, Hey, this person, and maybe they collaborate. You say now your team has gotten a bid to do a vote. Sure. So you can do like a top 10 placings at your team only, like I bring a team of five people or I'm in a team of five people and I, I top 10 one major and another team I top 10 is another. One of us gets the vote, not yeah. both is what you're saying. I mean, that's something to, uh, you know, kind of a stipulation. Um, you know, then it goes to like, you have to declare your team for the year, but you can't swap teams. Oh, I think that should be a thing out the gate. Yeah, I agree. I okay. think that should be like established. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess you could get kicked off a team that's different, but yeah. you know. But that's just some, you know that's just something is the that I think that was the big question when that to get back on topic when that poll came out uh, is they were like well who got to determine these people to make decisions what, what was the qualification to be a coach on the coach's poll because then you know when it came out everyone was like well, why wasn't I asked and why wasn't I on, yeah. on the poll you know everyone's gonna no matter what you do 
they're going to rap a little bit. There should be defined criteria. I agree. I, I love that yeah. they did this, by the way. I want, I want that on the record. I love that they did this. I'm all yeah. about it. And it's putting the question out there. So if they, if cool. you don't like what they did, where does it matter? It's only as important as mm-hmm. what people take it into consideration. I look at that list. I say, yeah, these people are probably top 20 people. That's fine. But do yeah. I put a lot? Do I put a lot of stock in it? Absolutely not. I'm not saying mm-hmm. all this end all list. But yes, it's, it's not the like conversation. You got all the top out. 25 lists and you got a check from Walmart for $1,000. And we're yeah. all like, whoa, you know, how come I didn't get a $1,000 check? Yeah. Right. It's, I think that it puts a question out there. And I think that it allows us to say, how can we take this game and make it more popular, more popular mm-hmm. competitively, which I think everyone, most people want. Most people want that. Most people want to see us on the front page of Twitch, and if you're being streamed, you're getting 10,000 uh, people watching you. That'd be cool, right? That'd be, I think that's what most people in this hobby would like to see. Now, the AP poll, the AP equivalent, I have a lot of thoughts on this. And my first thought is we look at the top probably, I don't know, you have to have a lot of numbers, right? you got to have a lot of data in order for anything to matter. So I think we look at, I'm just going to throw a number out there. There's probably a more statistical way to analyze this, but you look at the top 100 stores globally that do events. And I'm not sure how you find that, but you find the the stores doing the most Warhammer. And mm-hmm. each of those stores gets a vote. Like when you say do events, you do, like you mean someone holding events. Yeah. So like like, I mean, you'd have to say, like, so, like, like GW has to have a vote. Like, FLG would have to have a vote. Yeah. Uh, Wars, I don't know all the, like, like, again, the criteria. Nova for would have a vote. Uh, Depth yeah. would have a vote. You got, like, um, okay. the London GT has a vote. Some of the, Spain has, like, a million big tournaments. So, one of the Spain mm-hmm. ones, Poland, Sweden, all these global tournaments, like, that are big. Um, I feel like with this one, you have to be geographically um, spread. So you definitely want to, you don't want to put like, you know, mm-hmm. 50% mm-hmm. of them in the U.S. or anything, you know, but like you spread Australia, you have a lot. Australia has won the WTC. Of course, Australia has has several votes there too. So you have all these, um, you have all these global stores and they, mm-hmm. um, and you're going to um, give them all one vote. Give me my, your top 25. And that's your AP vote poll for the, um, for 40K. That, that would be interesting because you'd have to find a way to make it fair for like you'd have a regional bias. You you want to try to eliminate, you know, America has 10 votes. So we all vote for, you know, one, one team and England's got five votes. They all vote for, you know what I mean? You got to try to eliminate the regional bias. Cause I, and I think that's the tough part is like, as an American, I know how America, I've played against fellow Americans, but I've never played against like a Manichima or uh, some of the bigger names uh, like that. So I don't know. You know what I mean? That, that, that's where the voting part is. Like, if I look at a list, I see data, I go, oh, look, here's a, you know, uh, Richard Siegel did really good in a bit over here. And then I see something from Spain. Some name <laughs> I, I can't pronounce. Oh, Jaime did really well. And uh, well, I, think that's, I think that's why you got to have, that's yeah. why you can't just have the coaches, <laughs> um, right? That's why you have to have the AP poll too, because it'll give you data mm-hmm. that maybe you didn't, that you formerly did not have. And over time, as these two polls kind of exist and people look at them, I think you'll find something strange happening where you don't know, for example, uh-huh. you don't know who Jaime is, but you're like, Jaime's been in the AP poll for like two years. Who is this guy? You learn who he is. And over time, you follow him. You say, hmm, when the people in the U.S. are making their poll, they say, maybe I want to put Jaime in my coach's poll. Maybe I know that he's been doing so well globally that, you know, that's it, you know? Sure. Um, that, that's why I do like how – I do like the the, the, the 
the poll that came out not too long ago was regional and they didn't try to do an international poll. I think you got to start regional. And maybe then the coaches polls, maybe the coaches polls are separate. You know, maybe internationally, polls yeah, no, US, Australia, you know, Western Europe, you have all mm-hmm. these, you have coaches polls across yep. each major area. And that way you have those individual ones. And then the AP is global. Mm-hmm. That I think that's the, uh, a good way to look at it. Cause coaches are going to know their local area. They're going to know their local meta. They, they've probably played against each other. And just like I said, like, it's like, oh, yeah, I've played against, you know, some, some of the American names, but I've never been to the London GT. So I don't know those names. And like, I can't compare. You know what I mean? If you were to ask my players, like, Hunter, give me the top 20 players in the world, I'd be like, well, a lot of yeah. them I'm going to say are Americans because I know. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's my experience and my bias versus like, I know, like, I also know as a human that there's a lot more than the top 20 years in America. Like, there's a lot of international great from the country of Poland talent players. Zero. But I don't know who they are. And they just, they just almost won the WTC. Yeah, and like, they, yeah, and they just did phenomenal. At the, the, they, well, I mean, you and me just used Jaime yeah, for an example. He played in America like, all last season as our one foreigner that we both know. So, you know, because I would a thousand percent want to put you on this show. I would love to yeah. expand the U.S. listeners to – I want, I want. here's my country wish list. So if you're listening, here's who I want. I want someone from Poland. I would love somebody from Sweden, Germany, France, and Spain. I watched y'all play this weekend. I would love to have someone from those countries come on. I would be very excited. So please reach out to me. I would like to put you on the show. There you go. You've been – so the international calling, if you're listening, here's your chance, boys, to be on it. So I love it. But outside of that, we really haven't put a lot of global people on here, and I think it's a shame. Uh, we, I would like to, I'd like to kind of expand more, and I think that's where we should uh-huh. move as a hobby is trying to, you know, make uh-huh. more. I love having more statistics, put more polls out there, create, give me more info to look at. My last yes, point yeah. today, the last yeah. thing I'd like to bring up today, Hunter, uh-huh. is I would like to talk about how we take the game as a whole and make it more watchable. And yeah. I have a lot of ideas on this, and. My first one I'm going to put out there is team events. I think the game, uh-huh. we talk about this, This people are going to be just like rolling their eyes right now because we talk about this every single week. But the future of the game, in my opinion, is team events. Because what what can you get behind? I can't say like, oh, I'm such a big Richard Siegler fan or I'm, oh, I'm a huge John Lennon uh-huh. fan or I'm a big Sean Naden fan. Like, I'm like, all right, I play these guys. I, I like them. They're cool. But like, you're sitting there like, I'm going to watch them play for two and a half hours, moving little toy soldiers or like thinking about moving a toy soldier. doesn't really correspond with like the excitement of like a touchdown or a home run. But when you look at five to seven man team events, you could say, oh, you know, maybe, maybe I'm an Art of War fan. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. I'm a, um, uh, what's, your, what's your thing called? Gentlemen, no, what are you? I'm professional courtesy is the, uh, the, team, yeah, the team that I, that I yeah. Or maybe you're, uh, you know, uh, Death and Glory, Death and Glory. or yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, Team Texas with their patriotism out the wazoo. Yeah. And what is exciting about that? What's super exciting is one, you could back your regional team. You could be like, because it's like right now, look at all the people online posting about WTC. Oh, Team America is mm-hmm. doing so good, blah, blah, blah. That's how you get behind it. People get excited about rooting for a team, right? And also, when you have a stream and you say, all right, seven players, you have seven R War players, and they're going head to head with death or glory you know so you say Mm -hmm. richard siegler's sitting here he's about to make a big play you have the camera right there you watch siegler make a charge right you sit there for like a minute and a half and it's like oh siegler's about to do it he's rolling the dice bam that's big we're gonna cut over now to mark perry who just declared Uh a shooting phase across this he rolls like a hundred dice 
boom, blows up a unit. Bam, we're on. Next, we're on to John Lennon. And then maybe there's not action. You could pull back, look at the commentators. They give like a minute and a half of whatever they're doing. Then you jump back into whatever exciting break is coming from the game. You have someone on the computer there just typing, saying, hey, uh, table five is about to have this big play. You should cut over there. They cut over there. You don't sit there, and you don't sit there with people thinking about making moves. You sit there and just film the exciting stuff. And the only way to do that was with team events because you keep it exciting. You keep it match-based. You keep it within Art of War versus Death of Glory instead of jumping from random game to random game. And I think uh, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, or what I, the point I was going to make to it is like, how do we expand the game? How do we get this to go to the next level? You know, to get more popular, to get more. You know, you just talked about having a camera set up on five different tables or being able to bounce around. Is we've got to like look at how did esports? That's the closest right. comparison that we can have. Is how did esports get? Because years ago, esports was nothing. And you know what I mean? Like it was always like a little buzz in the back of the head, but it's grown insane how much the esports has grown in the last five to 10 years is that's what the model you have to try to go after is esports. And how can 40K get there is I think it's going to have to invest. You got to spend money to make money in the business world. You're going to have to get, I, I, I think, and this is my, like just throwing it on the wall and seeing what sticks. I think you have to get, um, like every event, every big major event has to be streamed and streamed well and has to have commentary and commentated well and has to have the ability, just like you said, to bounce around like at team events. It is hard. Like you got a stream set up on one table and then go to another table, another table. You got to have people working behind the scenes, if you will, to say, hey, you know, oh, God, what's, the, what's the guy with War Games Live? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I know you're talking about. Uh, I'm blanking. Sorry, oh gosh. I apologize Such a nice for your guy. name. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll edit that name in later. But like, so I think what can I get back to it is that GW and I'm, I'm just saying GW's business model, but like it, it, whoever is wanting to take the, take the show and charge it needs to have a full-time stream guy who goes to all these events and just blows it out the water and have every now and then have like a get like the fact that we had LVO not too long ago, and who's the big who, who's the big custodies player celebrity? You're killing me, man! You're, uh, you're putting me on the spot with all these names. Uh, what's he play? He's Superman, isn't he? Doesn't he play? Didn't he play Superman or something? Oh, we're talking about Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, th- I thought you were talking about like a random player. I was like, uh, I think yeah, Steve Triple did good with like custodes. I don't know, <laughs> man. You're messing with my head. Uh, the, the fact that we had the world's largest event not too long ago, and, and maybe they did reach out to him. I don't know, but what an opportunity. To, there's a few other celebrities that play 40K. Get them to come to a guest. Just show up for 10 minutes. You know what I mean? You're, they're going to fly him in. They're going to pay for this. But just get his him to share it on Instagram and his clout and on Twitch and all this stuff. And use their, it is a popular game with some big names that play it. Get them in there and then try to find some sponsorships. Like, why don't we have, you know, Miller Lite, the beer of 40K? <laughs> you know, like, your hookup, man. You got you got the the liquor beer <laughs> hookup there, man. We gotta we gotta get that. Like the you know, drink the the high life, you know, from the hills of mm-hmm. uh from the deserts of ball, you know, or whatever. We got the you know half the so what's a mountain mountain range of forty K? Uh, uh 
the, the mountains of 40K. Yeah, what's the, you know. Uh, you got the Fang. The Fang? Yeah, the Seven. Are those? Yeah, the Fang, man. Little Space Wolf action. You know, tap the Fang, the Coors Light. You know, you got the. Exactly. Yeah, we got like, a, it's like a Space Wolf that turns like, well, your Space Wolf is, is, uh, is Space Wolf Blue. You know that you can drink it. It's cold enough. There you go. See, oh, bam. Yeah. Man, we got. But, like, we got to get some corporate sponsorships so that we can get some, you know, some revenue. I will but say this. Some, I will say this. With the corporate, that, that is so hard. I want to put it out there because uh, with this podcast and uh, we've kind of mm-hmm. been messed around with some of that, it is so difficult. So I understand, I I understand the, the hurdles that they're facing. It's not as easy as mm-hmm. being like, oh, well, we can just get this. But I, I'm sure someone's thought of it. Someone's yeah, thought of it. I'm just saying. People are thinking about we it. We just got to stay on it. You got to, well, I think the first thing is you got to get that stream as big as you can. I'm saying that stream, like an official, this is our stream for 440K and it's on Twitch and YouTube and you got to get all these views because you got to show those corporates like, hey, here's the numbers that we're reaching. You got to give them a reason. Well, my big problem, here's my number one problem. And I think this is most people's problem. Some people love it, but 40K is the most boring thing on the planet to watch someone else play. Some people love it, but I say the vast majority of people can be like, oh, that's so awesome. They just rolled a hundred dice. But when you're sitting there planning a movement phase for 20 minutes, most people are just like, why am I watching this? Like, I'm so bored out of my mind right now. And that's the problem. Sure. you got to find a way to cut that dead time and make it like a hundred percent action because that's why esports yeah. works, right? Because it's not mm-hmm. like... The real popular ones are like, you know, like League of Legends and like, you know, a lot of the first person shooters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're just constantly doing yep. things and they're doing things at a high level. You're like, oh, this guy's doing crazy stuff. He's snapping people from across the map. And that's exciting, you know, and 40K is yep. not exciting. It is not a spectator sport. And so the question is, how can you take 40K from this very boring thing to watch and make it a spectator sport? And I think... It's hard. And I think you have to find yeah. a way to bridge that gap. It, it is hard. I think you gotta get some animations on screen. And I, I know it doesn't sound like much, but like when think when this unit's shooting at this unit, like even if it's like the old school Madden, you know what I mean? Draw an arrow and this Nick is where they're that. moving. Have you ever watched Nick Streets oh, yeah. on on GW? GW's done a great job. A lot of the things we've touched on, they've already kind of encapsulated. Mm-hmm. And I think that yeah. um and that's that's a big part of it. Games Workshop's gotten behind it. And I'm gonna sound like mm-hmm. a fanboy here, but I have Games Workshop went from a company that I w- was hardly playing their games because I didn't like what they were doing like five years ago to taking the game, bringing the community in, and really, I think they're really player-focused now. And I'm going to get a lot of heat for saying that, but they've done so sure. much. Look at all the things they've done, especially in the last two years. Good Lord. Like, they've really helped develop 40K and make it where it is right now. Yeah, and I, and I think, uh, you know, the more that you can get the excitement, like, that make the events matter. You put prize support in. There's trophies, prize support. You know, there's a reason to to compete and win. There's the you know the prize at the end. You know, there's uh, it just gives more people incentive to go and play and do. And I do think GW has been doing you know a better job at it. Um, but like, how do we? I'm with you. How do we get that? Low moments down, and that could be something like hey, it's like a commercial break, you know what I mean, or something yeah. like that. But like, there needs to be maybe, and maybe you can talk on this with your hobby uh, guest next. Is in the, the the beginning and the first time I would have I would have the the, the streamer, like everyone who set up for best painted and all this stuff. They set up the day before, you know, before the event point or something of every. If you're trying to compete for best painted, like I need you to submit me a PowerPoint of the, your best shots of your army. You know what I mean? Or some type of thing. And then it's like, hey, look, it's a lull. It's in the movement phase of the setup. Hey, while they're setting up, we're going to go look here. We're going to do a spotlight of Blake Law's Night Army. 
and and they, it gives them just something to it's it, i think it would increase the hobby side of it showing off the uh the beautiful armies and it kind of it's a it's that filler that you're talking about okay hey look this night army was great now let's get back to the action we're in the psychic phase hey, you know, bang, Hunter, bang, you're bang. still my thunder for part two but let me close oh, let no. me close this for let me just say <laughs> let me just say i want you to give me what is your mvp of 40k for the last year and what's on the chopping block what's my mvp of 40k like uh, it can be anything. Oh. It can be anything Games Workshop related in the last year. Games Games Workshop related in the last year. MVP of forty k. Yeah. Wow, um, man, that's a uh, you, like. Help me out here. Uh, there's so much in there. Are you talking about models? Or are you talking about like it could uh, be literally anything. What's your MVP? Man, there there was some beautiful model that came out that I thought was awesome that they did. I'll give you mine. My uh, MVP is that they that they did a games workshop in Cajun City because that's right beside me, and I'm real excited about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, last year it was all around the Greater South. I think they should just do that every time. Yeah, be great. Um, <laughs> no, I think uh, they're doing some model releases. Uh, I'm really uh, enjoy. I know some of the Age of Sigmar models are coming out, and they're just beautiful. I really need them to do that. Some more 40k models. Um, I do think they are. So you're just, you know, I got it. Is your is your MVP? I got it. Nope, nope. I got the MVP, and I can't believe I didn't even say it. It's going to be the contrast paints and any of those thin paints because nice. that just makes that has just made my life a blessing of trying to paint. Man, it's thinned down for me. As someone that's not a great hobbyist, it has really. Some of those paints, people are like, oh, your stuff looks so good. I'm like, oh yeah, it's you know, two thin, it's just two coats. Um, <laughs> my and, chopping block. I'm gonna give you my uh, chopping block. My chopping block is, I think they fixed. Honestly, my chopping block was the absolute codex creep that started in 2022. Codex creep is so bad, like with Tyranids and Tau and all that. I was just like, good <laughs> lord, it was so awful. We're in such a good place right now, though, with the meta. It's like the meta yeah. hasn't been this good all all edition. So. Uh, it was Codex Creep. I'm going to say that that's kind of resolved, though. Uh, the chopping block of 40K, uh, I will definitely say, is um, I think the right way to word it is when something comes out and we all look at it and go, ooh, that's broken. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. But, Same thing. Yeah. And we don't fix it for like, I know we, we do quarterly updates and that's great. I am A OK if something comes out and we as a community go, that's horrible. And they cut it in a week. Like they just release an emergency, like an emergency press conference. You know, they get on Facebook Live and say, "Hey, sorry, uh, this is not supposed to be that way." That it's just the fact that, like, because it's killed me at events. Like, you just see the opponents, like, "Hey, man, I hate to do this, but you know, this is how it works." So, part two is going to be free, but it's going to be released on Thursday. This is Monday right now, so you're going to get this for free right now. Wait until Thursday. We're going to release part two for free as well. I'm doing it this way because my guest for part two is a pretty notorious painter, and I'm operating on his schedule, so I decided to do a little bit of delay this week so we could do the episode right. Hunter may join us. Hunter, are you going to join us for part two? I'd love to. Yeah, give me a call. Um, I'll gladly join you. I I love doing this. a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Hunter will be Hunter will be with us then. Join us next week if you're not listening to part two for our regular scheduled episodes with Mr. Brad Chester. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out our other content. We have theartofwar40k.com. We have the Art of War Vanilla with Nick Nanavati and Paul Murphy. We have the very, very Australian, very WTC championship. Australia winners, Art of War Down Under. We, of course, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. We, of course, are the Art of War Pistachio. The flavor didn't know you liked till you tried us. Thanks for listening. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War 
and the Art of War Down Under podcast on the competitive 40K network, theartofwar40k.com.